Cry Malt has been supplying the best ingredients to Australian and New Zealand brewers for 30 years. Their range of malt, hops and yeast is sure to take your beer to the next level. Proud sponsors of Brews News and Beer as a Conversation since the very beginning. Learn more about Cry Malt at www.crymalt.com. part of the plan to put a brewery in but for many years it was just a plan it's 100 acquisition of green beacon no we had a chat with everybody anyone would have seen this coming a mile away you know the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing oh yeah that's super simple and direct question it's always fun to get to speak about beer and that's what we're here to do have a chat about beer Listeners were warned I'd be back doing some Beer as a Conversation podcasts, um, but we had some pretty big news last month um, that put my podcasting dreams on the back burner. But this week, I'm speaking to Scott Schomer, uh, co-founder of Helios Brewing, which was launched in Yorongpili in Brisbane in 2018. You might remember that Matt spoke to Helios head brewer Charlie Hodgson earlier this year um, about ingredients, all things brewing, uh, as he celebrated his 20th anniversary in the industry. But I'm speaking to Scott today because earlier this month, the brewery was a recipient of the Lord Mayor's Sustainability and Business Award here in Brisbane. So uh, congratulations on that, Scott. Why, thank you so much. It's <laughs> great to be here. Yeah, no worries. Um, and it was, it's very cool. And if anybody doesn't know about Helios, um, small family-run brewery, and you've done some great things with it, including a recent tie-up with BrewDog, um, which we can talk about later. And I know I've already nagged you for some answers um, about your award, uh, so we'll write in a little article on that. Um, but tell me a little, little bit about the award and, you know, what it means for you, what it means for Helios, why did you go for it, all of that. Uh, well, uh, I never, ever did I think I would receive an award for sustainability. Um, that's not something that an environmental professional gets in the business <laughs> to do. To the award you know, wins. You, you, you have your Oscars and your Grammys and things like that, but you, you don't ever <laughs> think about winning an award for sustainability. And look, obviously, I did Helios as an environmental engineer to to push the boundaries and see what was possible. And, and that was the challenge for me to see how green we could be because, you know, breweries use a lot of power, a lot of water and a lot of gas and they, they produce a lot of waste. And, uh, you know, I, I'd been lecturing businesses on the need to be more sustainable and um, while getting out of oil and gas was very good um, <laughs> that does help yeah <laughs> it, it, it definitely helps uh, um, I, I looked at brewing and I thought oh man uh, this this actually isn't a very sustainable industry and when I I went out looking for gear um, I, I looked in Europe and China and the U.S., here in Australia, and I asked, what are the green options? Crickets. Yeah, yeah. There, there weren't any. And so I decided, okay, um, time to use my engineering for something other than the evil oil and gas. <laughs> um, and it was it was a lot of fun. And, I, uh, you know, when you have your own building, you can pretty much experiment on yourself. And if things blow up or <laughs> don't go well you know it's your You're own the only one liable yeah, yeah, yeah it's your own commercial stuff up um <laughs> it, but in the end we were actually quite successful 
fast forward a number of years and the brewing community is quite small and uh, lots of people want to help you when you have a small brewery. It's amazing. Um, everybody says, oh, my uncle twice removed has, uh, has, has a welder. And if you ever need welding, you know, just call. <laughs> everybody wants to help. Um, I was approached by three separate individuals and they said hey there's this lord mayor's award coming up and you should apply for the sustainability part of it and so we did and it's an extensive it's a very oh coveted God. business I was award ask you about like the submission process because that must be a pain in the it, behind it took months oh, um th- there were they, they said oh it's only you know 12 questions but um question number <laughs> one in 500 words or less <laughs> describe <laughs> uh, and then question two in 600 words of that <laughs> so and then um from that they then sent it to a committee and then they shortlisted people and then they called uh, a series in for interviews and uh boy they holy crap they, they raked us through the the coals and there was a lot of um rapid fire type yeah. questions um and you Which had to help. you had to have your message right on yeah. um and there were some follow-up questions and then we found out that we were one of four finalists and we were invited to the uh, City Hall mm-hmm. about a week ago. Oh, yeah. So you're suited it, and booted. Yeah. And um, honestly, there were a lot of very good contenders in there. And I, I honestly, even though we were one of four, I probably gave us about a 15% chance. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What were the other businesses like? Uh, they were good. They they were very good. They were very strong. They were all yeah. doing things. Completely that, different sectors. and Completely yeah. different. One, um, uh, yeah, I, I won't mention them <laughs> Name necessarily. Names. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, but they were doing very, very good things. Um and I was very impressed by them. And um, when they called our name, I just sat there stunned. And um, <laughs> my, I was wearing my safety glasses, which, no, you, uh... which are tinted yellow and makes me look like some Bono poser or something. <laughs> and I had some very nice reading glasses, mm-hmm. but um, my wife started poking me saying, get up there, get up. And I said, I can't believe we flipping one. Oh, lovely. So... Um, yeah, so I went up to the stage with my, with my yellow safety glasses on <laughs> and I had, pr- brewer. yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm not ready for prime time no, anymore. No, no. Um, in fact, I had to squish myself into a suit. I haven't <laughs> even tried to get in for many years. Oh, beautiful. Um, and I got up to read my acceptance speech, which really wasn't ready to give. Thank God you had to fully give an... Ex- they didn't just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. shove you off stage and say, no. shake your hand, see you later. No, and and that part was actually really good because there I am as a brewery, representing a brewery, in front of the captains of industry, and I gave my spiel on sustainability and climate change, and I, I told the business community, I said, don't wait government to make these changes the changes that we need for climate change are probably going to come at the business and the community level and i said so get out front don't be a laggard don't wait for the commonwealth Mm -hmm. to (laughs) dictate what you should do 
or anything. <laughs> I was trying to Sorry. be. <laughs> that's all right. I'm I'm trying to be politically correct. <laughs> you very diplomatic. Uh, um, but that was that was my point to business is mm. that um, ultimately the lesson we have learned um, is that there's real commercial advantages to being sustainable. Uh, now we had to prove it to ourselves. We had to test things ourselves and there was a lot of risk um but right now we pay about a tenth the power and gas bill of a a similar size system that's amazing um and we only use about a third of the water now power bills are only ever going one way and so we've now been around four years and um my solar and uh, the solar hot water system have long since been paid off. You know, three, three and a half mm-hmm. years they've That's been amazing. paid off. Yeah. So there are real commercial advantages to being that leader. And that's what I was trying to impress upon the business community. Yeah. That's it. So many things I want to start off with. But um, oil and gas, interesting move. Um <laughs> How did you have an epiphany moment? Were you like, oh, I shouldn't really be involved in it? Or were you like, all the way through, oh, let's let's roll in some money first? Like, is that what you were thinking? Um, yeah, th- th- I think, <laughs> boy, there's a, there's a little bit to unpack there, but um, <laughs> it, it's some of all of that. Um, basically, I had uh, in the '90s when I was in graduate school, I got involved in the American brewing industry, the first round of massive expansion mm-hmm. um, when craft brewing really took off. And I did it in graduate school as a part-time job. And man, it was the best $8 an hour job a, a young <laughs> fella could have. And I I always put that in the back of my mind. Now, here I am. I'm studying engineering, getting a master's degree and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Doing, doing the good, doing, the good path. Doing the, the way, other the thing. Do. But, yeah, but yeah. I was doing this just for fun. Uh-huh. And um, I, I, I tucked it away that, you know, when I'm ready to be semi-retired, this might not be a bad gig. Um, <laughs> and then I spent the next three decades cleaning up contaminated mines oh, and uh, that, that refineries and oil spills yeah. and things. So the epiphany moment, um, I can actually tell you exactly where I was. I was, <laughs> I was in Moab, Utah with my best friend. <laughs> we were riding our mountain bikes or trying not to fall off our mountain bikes. <laughs> and uh, I just looked out on this amazing landscape and I thought, you know what? I, I got to do something different with my life. And uh, so I, I came home and very sheepishly, I approached my wife and my my son and said, I'm thinking, you know, I've seen the craft beer industry take off now in Perth and in Melbourne and in Sydney. And at the time there were, there were three good craft breweries here in Brisbane. I said, you know, I'm I'm thinking maybe I might try it. And my <laughs> wife said, yeah, I think you should. And my son yes. said, yeah, dad, just shut up about it already. You've been talking about it for years. Just go. <laughs> it was, so it was only an epiphany to you. Is what you're trying yeah, to tell me that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but they gave me permission to go chase this crazy thing. And, uh-huh. and, um, <laughs> yes. 
That must have been crazy, though. That's quite a big move to make, to ask your family to make as well, I think. It's huge. And I, <laughs> you know, we were just talking with Matt about about mm-hmm. how it is a little bit crazy that yeah. there's this romantic notion about getting into uh, oh, yes. a, 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 a brewing for a living. Oh, I love drinking beer, so let's let's start a brewery. That just seems, like, obvious. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Easy breezy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's sort of like saying, oh, I like driving a car, and therefore maybe I'll be a race car driver <laughs> as a professional. <laughs> um, no, it doesn't. It, it, you know, the, the, the two don't necessarily. It, it is very much a business first mm-hmm. it, 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 and it's a competitive business and are you more or less tired now than when you were in oil ga- oil and gas oh my god i'm I, i'm <laughs> i'm way more tired uh, <laughs> exhausted even uh, i'm exhausted uh, yeah you know seven <laughs> days a week um, wow. and long days mm-hmm. and uh yeah the Pay is just non-existent, and um, <laughs> compared to oil and gas, where yeah, you know yeah. I could pretty much work forty hours a week, and the pay was fantastic, and um, you know I, I could go on vacation anytime I want. You. Yeah, but you know what? I, uh, <laughs> I I wouldn't trade it for anything. I mm-hmm. uh, I'm so much happier. <laughs> <laughs> sleepy, but happy. I'm sleepy like but that. happy. That's right. <laughs> That's not a bad place to be. I like that. Um. So obviously. Solar panels were a big part of Helios when you started. You've also mentioned water. So I know water, um, is particularly with the larger brewers, they're always trying to cut down their litres of water used per litre of beer made. Yep. How do you do that, number one? And um, can, can I do it? And, <laughs> how do you do it? And what are, other, what are the other things that you're doing in the brewery um, to be more sustainable? There's so much, this, this is the thing when I re- started researching it. I was like... So we could literally start from the bottom up. Everything that we do, we could change and be slightly more sustainable. So where do you begin? I think that's exactly right. And it, it it's every household, it's every individual, it's every business. You just have to start looking around and go, that's really inefficient. <laughs> we could um, do this better. Maybe we could do this better. And there's lots of things that don't involve buying infrastructure. They're managerial things. They're things... Simple things like turning stuff off at night. Um, you know, we we found uh, one of the big expenses in power are compressors that keep everything cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the tanks are cooled by glycol. Well, we looked at all kinds of variable speed drives and all kinds of really high tech solutions because these compressors come on and off about every 10 minutes Mm -hmm. day night 24 7 and we looked at all these really complex things um you know computer controls and all um in the end (laughs) i'm a very practical scientist so um i'm a firm believer you go out you measure it you assess the problem and then then you figure out an answer. And um, one of the things we found was that, yes, it's hot here in the day in Queensland, but it's actually pretty decent at night, even in the summer. And so instead of having our compressor come on and off, on and off every 10 minutes, uh, we found that if we turned it off, essentially from midnight till 6 a.m., the the temperature might only change half a degree in a giant tank of beer. 
But we were running this compressor on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off when we're not producing solar power. And the solution was a $20 switch <laughs> that I got at Bunnings. Classic. <laughs> that we just, it, it, we put a timer on the, on the, on the, the power board. Yeah. And, um, you know, people come in and they take a look at what we've done at Helios. And I do have a, a bit of a consulting company where I, I'm mm-hmm. willing to help anybody that wants to become more sustainable. However, what typically happens is people come on a tour through Helios and there are all these oh duh moments and they <laughs> see my $20 <laughs> timer and they go, I could flip and I do that. that. I could what? Then why didn't you? Then why didn't you? <laughs> exactly. And, and that's why I'm saying that there's so many things that if you just think about them, mm-hmm. um, they actually became rather easy. Mm-hmm. And do you think that's partly because, I mean, as we sort of spoke about um, when I was asking you about the Lord Mayor's Award originally, brewers are busy, brewing companies are busy, they've barely got time to tie their shoes or brush their teeth and then they're brewing another batch or they're doing something in front of house or they're delivering something. Is that part of it? Like, is it genuinely just being able to find that time and... Almost every interview that I've done, they the similar question is asked, and it, it it doesn't reflect poorly upon the brewing industry. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody is time poor. Every business is time and cash poor, and unless there's something obvious to them, um, or unless there is a big motivation for change, they won't do it. So. Part of what we're trying to do at Helios is demonstrate that it's actually really easy and the savings is massive and you can actually become more competitive uh, by doing it. So um, the key is finding people's motivation to to -hmm. change. But yeah, everybody's time poor, everybody's... um, Do you tend to find then that if you're coming up with a reason why people should move towards more sustainable uh, processes, if you tell them about the bottom line, does that really affect them more than just naturally being sustainable if they can? Absolutely. Look, um, I've given these climate change and sustainable lectures for Mm -hmm. since 2007. And I'm always very mindful who my audience is and um, if it's kids, they're worried about the future. And I tell them, don't worry about the future. You're actually going to have a secure job because you're going to be the ones figuring this out. We're <laughs> not us. You're the clever ones. You know, you're going to be graduating college right at the time that we're going to go through this transit. And if you're talking to business, you know, the hook is the bottom line. They want to save money. And, and, I don't care why people become more sustainable, okay, um, as long as they do it. So if they can save money, why wouldn't you? Um, if you can get a job, why wouldn't you? Um, so the Yeah. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Especially when you're talking to a big conference of business owners or whatever. That is what they're thinking about. They're thinking about even small businesses. How are we going to pay our staff? How are we going to pay our rent? You know, the classic stuff. Yeah. 
major brewers, um, they've done a lot. So your Lions and your CUBs of this world, they've done a lot in recent years um, to become more sustainable, to invest in solar. Um, the argument is that they are obviously better funded and have the people available potentially and the time available. Do you think it's fair to say that they are much more sustainable than smaller brewers? Because this is an argument I've heard a couple of times. Um, I, I think that it, it, it sort of runs the spectrum um, in that uh, there's, there's very much some greenwashing. Um, there are really big businesses that use lots and lots of water and lots of electricity. And then they go and they put in a, you know, a megawatt solar field and they say, see, we've got the largest solar panel assembly you know in the area well but they didn't actually get down their electricity needs first mm-hmm. they just they had the money and then they got grants and they so so that's one end of the spectrum mm-hmm. it, by and large um the people in the brewing industry tend to love the outdoors the, there's so many people who are you know mountain bikers and hikers and you know, fishermen, and they're very outdoorsy sort of people. And so they're very mindful of the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that they want to do the right thing, especially on the small side. Now, I got to tell you, um, of of all things, I I spent a good amount of time meeting with the people from 4X, and the things that they are doing there are phenomenal. I was blown away. Now, I, you know, I'm, I'm not one to go grab a 4X bottle off the <laughs> shelf, but um, I met with their environmental team, and, and they're very impressive, and their water use is lower than ours, which is astounding, you know. The, um, so, so, again, it's that wide spectrum. There's everything from greenwashing to some business, which are really doing some very incredible things. Mm-hmm. And do you think part of that, the move to sustainability, I feel like it is. there's a reason mixture of why people do this. Do you think that customers care now? Do you, or, and have you seen that change over the past couple of years that you've obviously been working on these kind of projects? Yes, customers definitely care more. Um, we've always kept it... <laughs> I know our name is right smack dab in the center. Helios is named the Greek sun god. But we've always tried to make really outstanding beer first. And I kind of do the other sustainability stuff quietly in the background. Um, so for us, it was it was those two pillars that we built it on. However, I can tell you that our customers they are very proud of Helios and we are their solar power brewery mm-hmm. and, and they love seeing our statistics up on the wall. Um, now, is that a central driver for why somebody goes and picks up a, a Helios beer off a shelf? I, I doubt it. Um, it'd be cool if it was, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I think, I think if you made something that was pretty ordinary, even if it was uh you know, 100% <laughs> renewable yep, and yep. save the whales and, <laughs> you know, f- f- um, kept people in a third world country employed. I, th- yep. I think they'd be like, ew, it's, it's not so good. <laughs> <laughs> we do balance our altruistic side with our uh, 
you know, personal greed and that, demand. That's right. That's right. So I told you, you know, brewing is a very cool business, but man, your beard better be good. <laughs> now, have you had a struggle with, obviously, and as you say, you know, it's not necessarily public, the, uh, the things that you do on the sustainability side of things. Do you find it uh, hard to balance sustainability and going for quality? Like, or has that always been an easy line to walk? It's actually the opposite and I'll explain why. Um, because we we save so much on our power and the gas. Um, you interviewed Charlie. Uh, Charlie is an amazing brewer. He is very well known in Australia. And there is no reason on God's green earth that uh, somebody like me should have been able to hire Charlie. We were a complete unknown. He came into an empty building and uh, <laughs> said, you want to do what? <laughs> okay. Um, oh, and you clearly won him over, though. Well, so we, we, we shouldn't have been able to, uh, to, to bring somebody like that in. But um, getting somebody of that sort of caliber was very, very important. And Charlie works with very high-quality ingredients, and he, he, <laughs> and he, then he comes with you, and he was like, "I want a twelve percent ABV," and you're like, "What about the hexanoids?" Yeah, that? and oh he's like, God. "Oh, and let, let me put an extra thousand dollars worth of hops in that." Oh, and oh. Um, <laughs> um, so the quality, because because we save so much more in other areas, meant right from the get go, we could actually we knew we could afford a better brewer. We could afford better ingredients, and we we supported Charlie in building these more complex beers. That was part of our internal mm-hmm. business model. Yeah. So, is being sustainable? You know, can that help your 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 business and the quality? Absolutely. Now, I could have taken that and just you know, I could have made a you know three percent. It tastes like nothing lager, and I, I probably could have skimmed off some profits and maybe taken a vacation every now and again. Um, but that's not that's not what we're about, um, and so it, it's enabled to us to produce something that we think is really exceptional. Amazing! That's really cool. We talk about all these sustainability options and things you can do and your return on investment and things like that. But one thing I've learned, every time I delve into an issue related to sustainability, packaging, paper or plastic, cans or bottles, et cetera, et cetera, all the way up to something like solar panels, there always seems to be a downside. There always seems to be a compromise that you have to make that you would rather probably not make if you had the choice, for instance, solar panels, amazing, great idea. They've got a what shelf life of like 30 years. And then how do you get rid of the components? It's difficult to recycle them. Like, and then a lot of them seem to end up in landfill. Like, it's so hard to say, like, this is the way you should go when there's always going to be a, either a naysayer saying, oh yeah, but what about this? Or how do you deal with that as a business? Like, it, you want to do the best thing you can, but there's always going to be a compromise, I guess. There is with anything that you do in life. Um, and you do, when you're talking about sustainability, you do this full life cycle analysis. And some of it has to do with the technology that's available 
on the day. You know, it's mm-hmm. like when you go buy a computer, um, you know that a week after you buy it, that computer is already, you know, it, it's already <laughs> slow by comparison. Yes, it has a smaller exactly. hard drive. Um, so you do these you do these analyses and you and you you push yourself forward as best as you can and you put the best equipment onto your business or house that you can um and you make investments that you think will have a return for you mm-hmm. but I, I i told the people at the uh the, the lord mayor's night i said um I totally discount the fallacy that you hear it over and over and over that being sustainable has to cost more and you have to give up something. And yet, and I'm saying, no, that's not it at all. It's actually advantageous and um, there's commercial advantages. You just have to know how to exploit it. And, uh, you know, why wouldn't you? So um, I, I was watching a very interesting interview yesterday with Arnold Schwarzenegger of all things. <laughs> I know, okay. Is he still knocking her out? Oh, he's, oh, you, you can't, <laughs> can't kill the guy. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. On film or otherwise. Yeah, so he was being interviewed by the BBC and man, I'll tell you what, he nailed it right on the head and so here's an actor who turned Republican governor in a very Democratic state. And he said flat out, he said, you know, it's the messaging. The messaging is all wrong. He said all the environmentalists keep talking about the bugs and the bunnies and, you know, the tree frogs and and all this stuff. I always laugh when people do that. I'm like, try and tell a hedge fund manager that. Like, they're not going to, that's not, they're not bothered. Exactly. But you tell the hedge fund <laughs> hedge fund. I almost said hedgehog. Hedge fund manager. That if you get out in front and you invest in these technologies, which you know are going to be a massive growth industry, mm-hmm. um, you know the past few years, some of the best performing funds have been these environmental ETFs. Well, why? Because everybody's looking to invest in solar and and wind and and so i'm telling you there's absolutely money to be made on this new industrial revolution i think that's probably a good pitch for that well not not too shabby and and look coming from arnold where he said it's not about the bunnies I'm googling this immediately. But oh, it's it's a great piece, Um, and he, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, and and this is where we are. And I will not get on my soapbox. I promise. (laughs) Please do. We get it from Matt all the time. I need a change of scenery. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, what we as a species. Um, have changed the chemistry of the atmosphere and of the ocean. And um, we are now in a pretty dire situation. And I, for one, I got really upset when I heard that the coffee-growing regions were shifting and they were having difficulty growing coffee where they historically have. And the same thing with cacao. Mm-hmm. Um 
And when I heard that in under these climate change scenarios that my coffee and chocolate supply were going to be in jeopardy, um, I thought to myself, well, coffee, chocolate, and beer, um, I'm, I'm not willing to give up any of them. So I'm going <laughs> to at least figure out how to do beer more yeah. sustainably, and hopefully somebody will figure out how to do the chocolate. Two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I vote for that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And no, and I think that's fantastic. And I think people are moving towards that. And as we said, it's a mix of reasons why they're doing it. But one of the things I keep seeing a lot is um, people going for, you know, B Corp certifications, they're going for um, climate neutral, uh, carbon neutrality things and all this. I think BrewDog did it recently, like loads of people are trying to do bits and pieces like that. And um, what do you what do you think of these certifications and do they play a good role? Are they are they good? Are they not good? I never I haven't delved enough into this to know. And I feel like you would know, Scott. Uh, um, live and unfiltered. Yeah, live and unfiltered. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, this is the the wonderful thing about uh, these radio interviews is that you can't see me shooting uh, glares, <laughs> evil, evils at me. <laughs> um, remember, I said that um, some businesses are looking for greenwashing, and so they mm-hmm. they want some sort of green credentials. There are some very good ones out there, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that people are thinking about that, the people that uh, businesses are striving towards that, that's the right thing. Yeah. I don't want to discourage people from seeking some sort of accreditation for the good things that they're doing. Um, it can be abused. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, we've saw it with like fair trade and things like that. Like that, yeah. a lot of those times that's just fallen by the wayside or it's lacked the um, accountability that you really want. And th- that's the thing. If you have accredit- accreditations like that or whatever, nice little stamp on your um, products, you want people to number one, know what that means. And number two, know that it's been regulated and acceptable person has analyzed your supply chain or whatever yeah. it happens just, to be i mean just because i put a little green tree frog on my on my label doesn't necessarily mean that um <laughs> i'm free trade or that i've i've actually done something right mm-hmm. um now we have <laughs> but we don't put a little green <laughs> um uh, so I, I i suppose i would just be very cautious mm-hmm. um but at the same time, I would encourage people to to seek accreditation and certainly to be rewarded for the good things that they are doing. Because there, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that are trying to think outside the square. And I think yeah. this comes back to what you asked about the brewing industry as a whole. You know, are they just too busy to, uh, to act mm-hmm. or are they too tired? Um, um, I, I think that... Everybody just is looking, they're trying to figure it out. We all are trying to figure it out. All these industries are popping up. All these technologies are popping up. Um, You know, finance is shifting. Everything is changing so rapidly um, that, you know, the accreditation is is no different. Mm Interesting. Interesting. Oh, good. Sorry about that one. <laughs> Thought I'd throw that one your way. See, what, see what the situation is. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> so, um, 
tell me about solar brew then. We've we've touched on solar brew just a couple of minutes ago. You're a consultancy. Um, who do you work with? Uh, what kind of projects do you work on? Do they bring you in for something specific or just general, like how can we be more sustainable in the brewery? Um, y- yes to all those things. Um, it, so Solar Brew is the spinoff of Helios. It's basically me going back to my roots of being a consultant. Mm-hmm. And part of being sustainable is to get as many other people to be as sustainable as possible. So all the things that we've done in in the brewery, we we experimented on ourselves, but I didn't actually trademark any of these techniques or any of the equipment that we put together in here. It's all open sourced. Mm -hmm. And so I I spun off Sola Brew um, as an energy and sustainability consulting group because I want to help as many people as possible to become more sustainable. Uh, So it's range of the wide gamut. Um, A lot of my, a lot of my consulting ends basically at the tour where people (laughs) have those ODA moments and they, they figure out, (laughs) Oh, we could have done that. They figure out a few dollars that they can spend and, and, go off and um, do something. And that's, that's great. Others though have come to me and said, Hey, we're going to put a series of breweries in, in outback Queensland and we want to cookie cutter them, but we want them to all be just cutting edge as sustainable as possible and, and reuse all their water. And, and um, so that's a project that I'm involved in um, basically from the concept stage um it's still not under construction and um we'll see if they can pull it off um retrofitting of existing facilities um people who are expanding they've contacted me and said hey how can we do this better um i don't want to spend that much on on gas and energy either um so it, it really runs the gamut and I think the key is that uh, I can go in very, very quickly and and just figure out where is the low hanging fruit, you know? mm-hmm. um, and there's always something, and it it has to be bespoke. It, it 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 you have to look at how much a company is willing to spend or able to spend, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you gotta target something that uh, will get them a good return yeah interesting Mm. and have you seen you would have seen then like young henry's algae project and people trying to bring in sort of co2 recovery systems and things like that is that something you've looked at as well yeah wickedly cool um i i very much wanted to do that years and years ago what the algae thing yeah oh that could have been so cool yeah so i i actually have a very good friend that works in government and um she was uh uh, very much a a leading part of that uh biodiesel and and algae and co2 sequestration type stuff and uh we talked about that before we even put a shovel in the dirt um (laughs) i thought that was really cool we also looked at um uh, biodigesters which Mm -hmm. if you have a home composter it's not 
too terribly dissimilar except that it's closed. Okay. Um, so what it does is it'll take all your grain and, and all your food waste and, and the hops and yeast and all that stuff, and it breaks it down, and it creates heat, and it creates methane, which you can then burn. And we looked into that, and once again, um, council kind of shook their <laughs> heads, and they said, um, yeah, the, great technology and all, but um, you're talking about producing gas under pressure next to houses. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess that's a bit of a... Um, you know, you can do that in an industrial area, <gasps> mm-hmm. but not in a residential And I was like, come on, but this come is on, really guys, cool. Come on, guys, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on, please. Yeah. So they weren't having it quite yet. No, no. So there's... But this is the thing. Remember, I, I said that we're not sure quite what to do. Everybody's trying all these different things. And that's what's really cool right now is mm-hmm. that every, everybody's trying to figure something out yeah that's it and that's what I really liked about what um Richard Adamson from Young Henry said look this might not come to anything this might end up like not happening and it might just be a complete failure but actually we've tried it and we've given it a go and it'll work (laughs) it'll work right there you go it's got some stamp of approval on that one yeah no what they're doing (laughs) is really cool keep going guys (laughs) you're 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 onto something um but uh, again I'm not sure about the cost on that one, but to get like a CO2 recovery, like the equipment in, I think there's a company in the US doing it. I talked to them a while ago. That's still quite expensive. That's the problem with a lot of these solutions. They're either really, really high tech and expensive or sometimes lower tech. Is that what you found? Uh, absolutely. There, there, there's, there's no some, middle ground there. <laughs> there's some great stuff that... Uh, um, is fabulously expensive. Um, but I think, uh, for most of us in the industry, I think we, I think most of us come from a home brewing background, which basically means we're used to jury rigging stuff, <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, so, you know, you might look at this very expensive piece of equipment and go, hmm, I might be able to do something like mm-hmm. that with my friend who's a welder and, uh, <laughs> all the buddies you pay yeah, off all, in beer. All, all yeah, the yeah, buddies yeah. that said, oh, I can do this, I can yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, there's there's so much that can be done, and I just I applaud so many people who do things that are incredibly innovative. I mean, you see things from uh, very poor countries where they have cobbled this stuff together, <laughs> and it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, one, one of the greatest systems I saw... I, I think was in sub-Saharan Africa where it sounds amazing already <laughs> making a making bit no 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 oh, no, no, no oh I was no, like if this, only <laughs> no sorry this is this is just in being sustainable just generally and yes. it, they they harness the power of children <laughs> and they, do I want to know yeah so <laughs> okay. so the school didn't have lights or power and so they had these little merry-go-rounds and swings and stuff and when the kids pushed them around it turned a dynamo and it generated (laughs) electricity (laughs) that they then put into batteries Uh, and then they could have lights and things like that so you know there's just (laughs) there's ways you can deal with you do things with what you've got exactly that's it and and (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> so just just get out there and do it. Absolutely. <laughs> now, now, I'm not saying harness your children. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, I, I don't. we don't condone that on Breeze News. There is a conversation podcast. <laughs> I mean, if you do it, that's fine. But yeah, we don't want to know. Send us photos. Yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, we've obviously spent 44 minutes oh talking about sustainability. Um, but like you said at the beginning, um, it's a business, first and mm. foremost. Brewing is a business. Um, and I think one of the things you said to me in our interview questions was that, obviously, small family-run breweries have many disadvantages. So what are the biggest disadvantages you think uh, facing breweries the size of yours um, now and in the future? Access to the market is, mm-hmm. is the biggest thing. I mean, we're, we're fighting two duopolies. There's... There's one duopoly that controls the shelf space, and there's another duopoly that controls the taps. And uh, those taps that aren't under contract, um, you know, you go into a place and there might be 16 taps, of which four are actually independent. And that means that all 600 small breweries around the country are vying for those four. And you put it like that. <laughs> and even if you go into a, a, a craft beer bar, the, the sort of place that we would like to frequent, um, they'll they'll put our product on once, and then they rotate it. And so, even though they're one of the high end craft beer bars around, we might only sell one or two kegs a year into them. Mm-hmm. So it's not like one of the big brands where they sell, you know, 10 kegs a week uh, to said bar. So that, that sort of competition is, is really difficult to, uh, to get around. Um, now, the, the excise relief has been massive for us mm-hmm. small breweries and especially somebody like us that focuses on big heavy bold beers mm-hmm. to sudden you know, excise was up to 50 percent of our production cost insane. Yep. um so that that's been a huge relief for us yep fantastic and isn't that that is interesting because like i just never see the uh, on the competition point um the, the same sort of duopolies and things like that in the US and the UK. You just don't see it. And everyone's like, oh, well, Australia's a smaller economy, blah, blah. And I was like, it's not that small. This Mm-mm. isn't like Tongo, okay? <laughs> this is, it's, it's pretty big. Um, so why have we got that? And why, I mean, this is a massive question, but why are we so different from the US and the UK in that respect? Uh, look, I think um, you know you're asking an outsider, and I might give you a blunt interpretation, but um, that's what we want. Well, I I, I think that um, Australia's just comfortable with those big duopolies, and they're very successful. Um, but you know, one of the duopolies, frankly, isn't. Australian, it's they're foreign owned and <laughs> fully they, foreign owned. Actually, yeah, yeah. and and they control the vast majority of the beer mm-hmm. here in Australia. So um, so it's just comfort then, you think? It's just that we've got used to it and that's how it is and that's... Maybe. And, it's and, a hard one. And it, it's also one of those things that's grown through time. I think that uh, you're more accepting of things when it just happens slowly, slowly. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's I don't, there's no easy answer and there's the, no easy way we can move out of it. The, really, That's there the isn't. Uh, but I, you know, I'm not I'm not bashing either of those duopolies. Um, I, you know, I have to work within that, and I knew that they were there getting into it. Mm-hmm. It's it's frustrating though when you know you've got an amazing product and you struggle sometimes to get it out there. That's frustrating, yeah. but I'm not giving up. <laughs> yes, that's what we want to hear. Cool, Scott. Um, brilliant. And uh, one of the things you've been doing recently, obviously, is um, the tie-up with Brewdog. Cerberus. Mm. It, when it landed, I was like, oh, this is great. Love this. Yeah. And also, great name. Yeah. Fantastic. What, oh. what an effort. <laughs> you know, before we started, and once I knew I had the Greek... Uh, mythology theme mm-hmm. um and you run with it and i'm here uh, for it <laughs> oh it, it's so much fun i mean the gods the goddesses heroes mm-hmm. and all the monsters it, um, anyway somewhere years ago i've got a notebook and um i sat down with my wife and we just started brainstorming and uh Severus, the the dog that guards the gates of hell that was just, <laughs> it, it, it was one that I just wanted to use right from the get-go. And after almost four years, we still hadn't used it. We hadn't, hadn't quite come up with the right. And it has to be right, doesn't it's it? Gotta be, You'll yeah. know oh, when yeah. you find I it. Mean, I mean, you know, if you're talking about the, the dog that guards the gates of hell, it's not going to be some little 3%, um, you know, raspberry thick shake sort of beer. <laughs> I can't imagine you doing that. <laughs> uh, thank you. I, I took that as a great compliment. <laughs> Let me back up. Brew Dog, um, when, I came, when I was in California and Brew Dog came on the scene, um, they were really shaking things up very, <gasps> very it. quickly. Yep, yep. They do and that then. Then a lot of Brew Dog. Oh, they're amazing, and um, I just love their entire ethos, and I I like that they were homebrewers, and they were incredibly unapologetic about everything they brewed was big and And remain to this day. And to this day. Amen. Good on you. (laughs) And so, you know, that was one of those things Mm -hmm. I always tucked away. Um, uh, Brew Dog and Stone Brewing in California, Mm -hmm. you know, they just always make these really massive beers that just whack you around and i i I always said you know man that that those are my idols anyway fast forward many many years and now i've got my dinky little brewery in your own (laughs) pilly and the big dogs um from brew dog Mm -hmm. came into town and they've been very supportive of the the local craft movement um and i tried to help their people when they were looking at Australia mm-hmm. and where to come in and, and uh, um, sort of the ins and outs of working with Brisbane City Council. Ah, yes. yes Definitely they, need some guidance with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so they were lovely people. And um, then fast forward to this year and they said, hey, we're going to have an event where we do all collabs. And they went to Helios and I believe four other breweries. And the people from Brewdog came to Helios and we brewed a beer 
with our brewer and their brewers and um, just had a great time. And that's what became this red IPA, Severus. Mm-hmm. And then they did that and repeated that process at four other places. And then we all went to BrewDog and brewed there. And that became, I yeah. think, the fifth beer. And that is just a, a cracker of a beer. That's that's just amazing. We've got it on tap. Well, it's on tap at BrewDog and at, at Helios. It is so good. Um, but for me, a lot of the people that came over from BrewDog were really young, and they probably don't remember when BrewDog really came on the scene and just how <laughs> bet how awesome they were. Yeah, yeah. And so when BrewDog invited us to go brew with them, um, to me, it was like being invited over to Michael Jordan's house to shoot hoops. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But then you go meet them and they're so sound and oh, normal. Yeah, and they're... And, I mean, iconic in their own way. (laughs) Look, they didn't even know what high regard I, I, (laughs) you know, it's the the brew dog icon that Mm -hmm. I sort of (laughs) bow down to. Yeah, they're they're lovely people Mm -hmm. and um, they continue to do amazing things. But for me, personally, it, it, uh, I was just giddy being there and and i thought you know it was the it was the brew dogs and it was the ballast points and stone brewings that sort of seeped into my brain that said you know maybe you could try this and that day we were brewing there i i thought man maybe we've made it <laughs> you bloody have maybe, maybe, you i bloody think we're in have. good circles i think you're doing well actually thank you <laughs> if i do say so thank you <laughs> Fantastic. Right, Scott, I've completely, I'm so sorry, I've got you, I had you for nearly an hour. Oh my God. Um, but thank you so much, Scott, really appreciate it, and it's just a fantastic chat, and just touching on so many different things, and like sharing so much with us as well, because I know it, it's, cr- it's crazy out there, it's crazy out there, and Helios has done really well, and congratulations on your award, so well deserved, and thank such you a, so much. such a fantastic business to have in the brewing industry, I think we need, um, need people like Helios. Thank Absolutely. you. Um, but right, well, I'll let you go anyway. And um, yeah, wonderful to speak to you. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to catch up soon. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> ever so much. For actual beers this time instead of water. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, cheers. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at bruisenews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Bruise News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. Cry Malt has been supplying the best ingredients to Australian and New Zealand brewers for 30 years. Their range of malt, hops and yeast is sure to take your beer to the next level. Proud sponsors of Brews News and Beer as a Conversation since the very beginning. Learn more about Cry Malt at www.crymalt.com.